3: All right, Drink of Ages, we are back and we are hanging out here at Drink of Ages Pub. It is good to be back in Houston. Uh, I had a pretty kick-ass time in Florida, and drank some delicious beers. Actually, brought back some pretty fantastic beers. Indeed. Yes, and some of that was some Parish Brewing Company. I did stop by there on the way home because you know if you're driving down I-10 through Louisiana, you might as well stop by Parish Brewery and pick up some brew because it's some pretty fantastic Opus. The Opus. Everybody loves Ghost of the Machine. And uh, we'll talk, talk a little bit about that later in the show. But, uh, yeah, the Opus, man, I love that beer. It's a, it's a, to me, that's the one that I like, I like the most. But uh, this, this episode of Drink of Ages is brought to you by St. Arnold Brewing Company's 5 o'clock Pills with Pills Malt and Saz Hops. With Saaz Hops, Saz Hops. Sassy. It, it gets sassy. It gets very sassy. The original Bohemian pill style, man, it's, it's actually perfect for any time. So it would be 5 o'clock. You know, they're just going to take on the name. But, man, it's a delicious beer for summertime, especially because it's like 1,800 degrees outside here in Houston with 120% humidity. And that's just from my meteorology school.
0: I mean, really, what they need to call it, instead of—they don't need Fahrenheit, they don't need Celsius. They just call it swamp ass. It's just—if you're not familiar with swamp ass, you should be. If you're a Houstonian, you know what that is, and that's—that's that's what they say. If you watch the news, that's what it's called. That's—that's that's really what they need to say.
3: When you go outside today, you will find some swamp ass. Yep,
0: and everybody's gonna go. Yeah, it's yep, gonna it's gonna happen. It's definitely yep, okay, that I got, time I got, of year. I got swamp ass time. That
3: time of year. All right, well, let's uh, let's get to our drinking music right now to get the show rolling. Here's some dead rabbits. Come
1: on. Till teller's with British to burn, put your money mar- away Holy um, i and I late in the morn And we must get back to drinkin'
3: All right, all right. Let's talk about who's on tonight's show. Hope everybody has their beer ready for tonight and you're drinking some good stuff because uh, there is so much good stuff out there. And these guys from Pew Brewing Company are making some pretty badass stuff. We badass have Bobby man, and you. Pat
0: hanging Thanks, out. Man. Good to see everybody <laughs> awesome. tonight.
3: Our music guest tonight is Colonial Blue. It's Badass. Fantastic band from the great city of Houston, Texas, and have a new CD out. Everybody, man, you need to go out there and pick it up, but you're going to hear some of their music in between the breaks, and they'll be on at the end of the show Brad. for a nice uh, little get-to-know-each-other moment. Yeah. So let's talk, let's talk some uh, Back Pew Brewery for a little bit. That's what I do every day, man. Love to do it. I know. I know. I'm, just, I'm still making sure you still love to do it, man. Opening up a brewery <laughs> is, uh, is a crazy idea,
0: first of all. I don't think so. No. It, makes, it actually makes a lot of sense, and that's what—that's what's one of the most shocking things is, you know, the, the nice thing about the alcohol industry is when times are good, people are spending money on alcohol. When times are bad, people are spending money on alcohol. So it's either drowning sours or celebrating awesome things. So we're actually in a pretty good spot, so it's pretty red. People are always drinking. That is actually a very good point. Good times point. and bad. Good times and bad times, people are definitely drinking.
3: And with all the upcoming Uh, election year and everything else (laughs) going on I think that's going to only add to the amount of drinking people are going to be doing
0: you, you know, I thought you—I thought you were like somebody from Fox News, and I couldn't quite place it. Um, we're not going to get into that, but uh, I guess it's going political. Damn, I wasn't ready. Yeah, I, don't, I need uh, to have like five more beers. Let's get back get, to the. Like, well, this isn't that. a political <laughs> show. I, I think so. I think no, so. Yeah, but no. uh, but you're right. You, you're right. It is polarizing. It is polarizing. We'll give you that. But uh, you know, let's let's focus on our non-political, or not political which is which this is, super is much rad. more happy conversation. It's it's super. You know, what, you know what's cool about it, everybody goes. You know, hey, you know, given given my. Uh, it's not, not special background, but unique background. Like, why the hell did you do this? And I said, it's because you get tired of all those out there who go, hey, um, you know, why wouldn't you do this when this guy's already doing it? It's like, because we wouldn't. That'd be strange. Um, you know, all the time people go, why don't you do a yellow rose clone? It's like, because the next time I see the guys down at Lone Pine, they're going to be like, what the hell? Um, it would be a very strange thing to do, and it's just not something I want to do. But... Uh, it's just a very different mentality than a lot of, the, a lot of under, other industries, and that's pretty rad about the brewing industry. You know, they, they, if the Lone Pine guys were like, here's how we brew it, I'd be like, fantastic, and I'd walk away. I mean, I'm not going to go brew that beer.
2: Yeah,
3: everybody's trying to do something different. I yeah, know.
0: that's what's really yeah, fun. Well, the variety right now is, is what's so
3: impressive, and the fact that I think here we have, I don't know, maybe 15 IPAs on, and every single one <laughs> of them tastes different.
0: Well, that, that that is true to a degree, but you know here at Drink of Ages Pub, you guys like to experiment and show off a lot, showcase a lot of different styles. You know, I'm drinking um, um, the the professor's uh, professor know, black. Yep, yep. I'm drinking that out of out of Austin. Uh, you know, not not necessarily local, but very different. You know, a sour stout. Um, you have a lot of our beers, and we do some, we do some lagers. You have some, you have some IPAs. You have a brown, an Ethiopian brown, which is really cool. So, you yeah, know, it's such a plethora of different styles that it's really fun, and it really is meant to be celebrated. And that's something that's awesome about coming here to Drink of Ages Pub, where they do appreciate that, and you can come and try a lot of different things. 1005 Wall Drive. <laughs> Just might as well plug
3: that one while we're talking. Uh, well, I need to finish the plug. I, I was leaving it up to you,
0: John. It was wide open.
3: Yeah, I, I used to not be good at talking about my business, but I'm I'm trying to get better. I'm well, I'm drinking.
0: Better. I have a coaster that says "Drink of Ages Pub." No, no, this glass says "Badass in a Glass." <laughs> Is what it says. That is, but that's not your business. Well, I guess it is. It is. It is, it is drinking pages. Yes. That's which, right. It is badass in a glass. So, you know, a lot of awesome things. And tonight we have, just if anybody's interested, uh, we have our Seder Swill, our German Bach, our Blue Testament, our American our American Pilsner with Texas Source Blue Corn, and we have our Hot possum, which is our American IPA. So those are the back pew brews that are rocking the house. Uh, I think we have a couple people in here drinking those, so that's rad. Uh, it's just always awesome, you know. You know, people ask me, well, what you you know, when you go out to things like this, like when we record a show, you know, you just drink back pew. It's like, no, not really. And they go, well, why not? Don't you want to like get sales up? That's not the thing at all. It's like, look, I drink my beer every night, and I love it. I always check it. I checked our beers tonight. I I would tasted all of them. But it's always awesome. I, I rarely get out anymore, which sounds terrible, but I am. I'm a hermit. And so this is one of the few times to see what the hell is everybody else doing, and it's awesome. You know, there's some other great beer out there. We put out great beer. Other guys put out great beer, but they do different stuff. And so this is one of the few opportunities I get to try other people's things, and it's, it's, it's pretty rad. It's good to get you out of the brewery every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, you say that. I'd uh, I say there's people who would argue with that, but no, it, it's good to get away. Yeah, definitely. Uh... I'm drinking some hop ossel. Well, actually, I'm almost out, so we need to
3: wrap the segment up here shortly. <laughs> but uh, the hop Uh did, did you change anything in this recipe since the first time you put it out?
0: No. So the first batch, the one thing I can tell you is we had an issue getting the grain we wanted. Um, and so the first batch will exhibit a little bit more malt body. Um, and so this newer batch, we were able to back off on that. We got what we wanted. And so it should let the hop shine a little bit more. Um, I can't say who says it, but some people do say that on the nose, you'll get a really nice, danky weed. Um, you know, if you ask around, there's a, there's a, there's a bartender who agrees, there's, or at least a client. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's up to you whether you know exactly what that smells like or not. We're going to leave that up to popular opinion. Um, however, I think that this helps the hops shine more. Now, you know, John... And we're all about flavor, and our hop flavor really is what we're interested in, more so than just straight bitterness or whatever. But we do use that unique hop in Idaho 7. We pair that with Cascade, which you're very familiar with. And I think it gives it a really um, you know, us kind of back pew feel where it's a lot about flavor, but the nose is great, um, the flavor is great, and the body and the, that kind of malt characteristic that maybe the first batch had is a little bit lessened unless you get a little bit more of that West Coast IPA. This is an East Coast IPA overall, though, so you get a little bit of that extra profile from the yeast. Very, very nice. I agree that it's very nice, and uh, I like the original one too because of the little maltiness Mm -hmm. that came in. But this is pretty fantastic. Well, it wasn't necessarily a a negative. That's why I wouldn't put it out if it was if it was wrong. It's just it was a little different, and uh, you know since we've corrected that, and uh, you know the the way I look at it is if you talk to John Kimmich, guys like the Alchemist, things like that, and and this is the way I look at it. If you're if you really think that that one recipe doesn't need any modifications, I think you've given up. And over time, you're going to make small tweaks here and there, maybe changing the hop uh, ratios, the hop profile, this, that, the other, and you're constantly trying to make it better. Every now and again, you change something. You, you think that, uh, that it's going to be better. Maybe it's a little bit less in your mind, but it's always going to be a high-quality product if you put it out, right? Um, And I think that's the same thing, like we're making some small tweaks here and there and constantly it should always be getting better over time. Like if you had a can of Heady Topper this year versus last year, it's going to be completely different. It's always going to be high quality though and always be really good and that's what I hope we garner with our brewery. Um, I, I agree with that opinion a lot. I don't think you're ever done developing a recipe and that's just the way it goes.
3: All right, let me get a beer, take a quick break. We're going to listen to some Colonial Blue, and when we get back, we'll talk some more with Backview Brewing Company. Drink your bases. Stay tuned. I have a, I have a Taylor
4: as hey, well. Hey there, everyone. Oh, my God. We are Colonial Blue, and we are about to perform an acoustic version of our song, Avalanche, that you can find on our newly released album, Dear Misery.
1: And I could feel the sea When
2: right. you
1: began to speak Rushing through my pores As your words crashed Against the shore My denial And I could feel the veins Running down your skin, pumping the blood to that heart that's pure, made molecules that I solely yours. Then oh, 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 I drifted a sharp begging, please save the last way for me. And I fell Well, I fell Off my feet And I could feel the lead Turn down from red to green, following the stream of your eyes as you made the seasons rewind Please
3: good beer drinkers out there this is john Dibman from drink of ages summer is officially here and using the old adage it's five o'clock somewhere our friends at st arnold brewing company texas oldest craft brewery has made another fantastic beer called five o'clock pills 5.2 percent abv takes you back to pills in czech republic when the style was created centuries ago do yourself a favor and get some five o'clock pills since it is five o'clock somewhere you can enjoy it anytime Listen to Drink of Ages Radio Show Friday night at 9 p.m. on ESPN 97.5 FM. Hey, good beer drinkers. John from Drink of Ages Radio Show with a badass beer for you to try. New Holland's Brewing Company, Dragon's Milk. This barrel aged out comes in at a moderate 11% ABV and 31 IBUs. Aged in bourbon barrels, this beautiful beer has a roasty malt character with vanilla notes as a bourbon and oak rounded out. New Holland Brewing Company is new to Texas, and I highly recommend getting you some. Listen to Drink of Ages every Friday night at 9 p.m. right here on ESPN 97.5 for more beer and more music. The conspiratorial forces at Southern Star Brewing are alleged to have focused their energies on a well-defined objective, the delicious West Coast-style IPA. Conspiracy Theory is a new year-round 6.5% IPA brewed with Amarillo, Simcoe, Centennial, and Galena Hots. Let the existence of Conspiracy Theory IPA be proven in your glass or pick up a 360 can. Get ready to bring in the badass weather. Also with the spring pills, a new seasonal from Southern Star. Stop by the new brewery with open tap room every Friday, Saturday, and now open on Sundays. SouthernStarBrewing.com. Drink of Ages knows that craft beer fresh from the brewery comes in kegs, not bottles or cans. If you're not going to a bar tonight, take home a growler, 64 ounces of kick-ass craft beer. At Growlers Beer & to Go, they fill your growler with a revolutionary system that keeps oxygen out and all the fresh, delicious goodness in. Keep your favorite beer fresh for an entire year, assuming you don't open it and drink it. The freshest craft beer in Houston is at Browler's Beer & Wine to Go, 1005 wall Drive. In a sun-drenched field on the side of a quiet road just north of Houston, there is an old church, and inside this old church, something is brewing. That something is Back Pew Brewing Company, the Houston area's next legendary craft brewery. With two lines of beer, at the Saints and the centers, Back Pew does things differently because it's the only way they know. With creative characters and bold twists, Backpew devises flavors that are entirely unexpected but endlessly enjoyable. Visit Backpewbrewing.com for a list of watering holes where you can find your new favorite beer. Back Pew Brewing Company.
2: Hops are sexy. Welcome back, craft brew lovers, to Drink of Ages.
3: All right, drink of ages. We are back on, and we're still hanging out with Back Pew Brewing Company. So oh, yeah. uh, let's talk about some of the things you have going on, man. Uh, you guys opened up this last year. Yep. And man, that was, came to the grand opening that
0: you guys had,
3: which was rad. It, it was, was uh, fantastic. Which, I'll tell
0: everybody we had a lot of people. I, I could tell you, we, we expected five to seven hundred, maybe a thousand. We got about two. And so if you were in that line, we apologize. I swear we were pouring out of every tap we could find. Um, if, you, if you if you were there, you know I was sitting standing there with a the Sixtal. We were pouring so fast that I just brought a Sixtal out, not on ice, and we'd kill it before it got cu- it got, well, it got warm. Um, that's, and I, I swear that's all the taps we had in the brew house. Um, so. Thanks for coming out. It, it was a rad time. We got some great support. People loved it. But uh, we we we, uh, we understand, and we, we've righted that since. But, uh, man, that was a wild time. Oh, it was, it was, I had a good time. I had a great time out there. And is Hop Possible, is that the experimental IPA that was that you made then? It was similar. Um, so, actually, before Hop Possible arrived and we got our hands on, so one of the big things that I love about Hop Possible is we have a hop called Idaho 7. A very cool, unique hop. That was grown, uh, it actually was a cross-pollination uh, kind of thing from a farmer in Idaho, which is how it got its name. Imagine that. Um, he tried six other times, and apparently they weren't very good, but the seventh one was awesome. Um, but before that, we were playing with some other hops. And so during the experimental IPA session with what you got, uh, we tried some other things. Um, the, the final one that people have been asking for is actually uh, has a hop called Pico in it, P-E-K-K-O. New, cool, again, experimental hop, uh, transition to a full-fledged hop. be really cool. And uh, Hallertal Blanc. And it worked really well. But we did a couple different things for that. So it's not the same beer, but we thought it was really fun, and I was happy with them, and I wanted to see what people thought. And apparently people seem to like it. They really want that one back. A lot of people like it. I get that feedback a lot. It's like, hey, when is you going to bring back the experimental IPA? It's like. Well, it's an experiment. So sometimes <laughs> it's you know, like yeah, it was an accident. Yeah. But uh, yeah. but I do know what I did, which is awesome. So we're, we're going to bring it back just in time. Just time. Yeah, we'll be waiting for it. Uh, the other <laughs> right. beers you
3: have, like I said, the Blue Testament, you mentioned that a little earlier, the blue corn mm-hmm. that you get. Yep. Uh, yep. That's, that's, that right. up here is, has been a fantastic beer that we sell for people that they come in there, like, they're, they're, they're about beer, and they're they're all this beer. I drink Bud Light, I drink <laughs> these other stuff. And I was like, well, drink a Blue Testament. And so we started them off with that. And before the end of the night, they're drinking Dragon's Milk or something like that. But (laughs) that's where, you know, it's a good,
0: good, easy, nice drinking, but it's not your typical Pilsner. So when you look at a Pilsner beer, and and, and I'm not commenting on anybody else's, but with a Pilsner beer, the cool thing about a Pilsner beer is that it hides nothing. When you go to a big stout, when you go to a big IPA, when you go to something like that with a lot of flavor from something else, you can hide different brewing imperfections it's, it's nobody's fault but it's just it's just the way of the world there's other flavors there's a lot of other things that you can layer over it what's awesome about a pilsner is when you try somebody's pilsner and you go I, I you know it's clean it's crisp it's flavorful it's got a depth of flavor even though it's such a light beer that means that to me you can you can brew and that's why i'm really proud of it it's i can tell you it's the hardest beer we brew and so every now and then somebody walks up and they're like hey i gotta tell you something i say what this happened at the grand opening they go well I tell you, I like your beer. I said, fantastic. They go, yeah, but I only, I, I really like one of your beers. I said, well, what is it? They go, I really like your Blue Testament. And to me as a brewer, I'm like, I spend the most time on brew day. I spend the most time in fermentation. That's the hardest beer I make because it hides nothing. And we spend a lot of time making sure that beer's correct. Um, and so this beer that it's meant for this you know, easy drink and whatever, is, is it, it, it almost hurts me in the heart. And, you know, I have to say thank you, you know, appreciate it, go on, but it almost hurts me in the heart. And so that, that is really unique, and it is a great way for people to understand that. The other thing is, you know, we're facing um, the big kind of marketing agenda of some larger brewers where they say that, like, we're the pilsner. And things like a, uh, you can it, it's called triple hopped um it it may say light in the name you guys can go figure out which beer it is and they say they're the original american pilsner um there is nothing pilsner or american about that beer other than the fact they use a ton of rice adjuncts um but uh, a true american pilsner which is what we make the reason behind it is because that when the german brewers came to the u.s they didn't have barley and they had to use something else and what they did was they said hey this corn is really abundant and we'd like to use it. And they didn't use it because they didn't have barley, it was was an aspect, but because of the way they did the cereal mash, because they figured out how to use it, because of the way that they actually brought the flavor out, it brought that really unique flavor out. Um, recently, it's been called a pre-prohibition lager for any nerds out there. Uh, it's basically the same beer. Basically, it means that we use 30% blue corn. We use that as a flavor component in our beer. What you're going to get is a nice, crisp German pilsner front of the palate, followed by a sweetness on the back of the palate. That sweetness comes from, to a degree, the pilsner malt, but it's a lot from the corn, and that's where it really shines. And I, so I use it not because I don't want to use barley. I use it because I want to highlight that aspect. I like it.
3: Uh, uh... Actually, I have nothing else to say about that beer. <laughs> I think you. That's okay. You, you took that's okay. it I, further than I. Well, it, that's one. I
0: obviously am passionate about it yes, because absolutely. again, I put a lot of thought into that beer. I put a lot of time in that beer when I make it. It's it's something that's 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 close to my heart. And it, we use a good West Texas ingredient. It's grown by a farmer. I was talking to him uh, when when I tried, I, was, I was trying to find. It. I had five mills tell me. No way in the world will we sell it to you because you're turning it into 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 beer. The, our, our, pro, our product's are too high quality. I found the guy who sells them their corn, and this dude was doing 80 down a Back Dirt Road, and he was like, man, I'll sell you as much as you want. You just How let me know. How much do you need? <laughs> and, uh, and so you going to turn this into beer? Like, yeah, I I'll love this it. guy. And so I really need to, once we get into bottles and cans, I'm going to send him tons of beer, and I'll bet that guy's going to love it. But. You know, it's just a unique thing, and it, it, I'm really happy to use a local product. Um, I wish we could use a local pilsner grain in it, uh, really get as local as we possibly can, but one step at a time.
3: One step at a time for sure. Um, but like you were saying, the, uh, the true pilsner is definitely, there's no place to hide anything. You can't hide it behind the hops. You can't hide Absolutely. it behind the roasted mulch. You can't hide it anything.
0: So, I mean, you get if you ever have a pilsner that has yeah. weird flavors, they didn't do it right. That's right, and it, it's not. I'm not trying to bash other brewers when I say that. I'm just saying that it's a really good style. Where it's like, did you do it? I mean, are you are you hiding stuff? And so you do. If you were to say, do a big roasty porter, ten percent porter or ten percent stout porter, agent a bourbon barrel, you throw a million things in it. Is there going to be awesome flavor layer on top? Absolutely. But you know, if you've ever had one of those beers where you paid twelve dollars a snifter for it, and you go, well, it's kind of weird. Like I I didn't get it. And, and that's what's frustrating because you didn't start with a great base beer. And it's, it's it's just my personal and brewery theory that you need to start with a great base beer and take that. And if we when we do barrel-age stuff and things of that nature, it's just taking that basic beer that's fantastic and adding more to it and making it more complex and more enjoyable to drink. It's not just taking beer and hiding the fact that you're – it's not turning a uh, – you know, well, I guess I need to be radio – Correct, but it's not taking a pile of dog poop and turning it into a Hershey kiss. I would say that many different ways if anybody knows me, but that's basically the theory. <laughs> yeah,
3: ESPN is owned by Disney, and they've already warned me. I love brink. <laughs> I love a... brink.
0: I love brink. I yes. mean, yeah, you know, I would, I would, I would wear rollerblades any day of the week. So there we that go. helps. Uh, brink, it's it's on for the next little while. All right. Well, then
3: um, one of the beers though that that. A lot of people do like but i'm a little more critical of that you guys make is your black ipa this is this this is going to be a good conversation and uh we only have like a minute and a half in this segment so we might have to finish this conversation later but uh it's the black ipa is one of those weird styles that i think is underappreciated because i think it's pretty badass i mean there's some great black ipas out there but um uh the thing that about the black IPA, you guys, the, the other people that's come to the bar and they've told me that they like about it is one that I'm the most critical is that the lingerness of roasting, like the okay. roasty flavor that lingers a little bit.
0: Okay. So, I mean, is, is that... Uh, so, it depends when you drink that product. I will tell you that when that beer is poured straight out of your cold bin, it's going to be roast forward. It's the way it is. The thing about a black IPA that a lot of people aren't willing to either wait, and this is kind of an IPA theory in general, that beer will open, if you pour me a pint, and, and people ask me, like, when I, if I sell it to them, like, what do I serve it in? Do I serve it a snifter or a schooner, which 22 ounces would be fantastic. A schooner? Um, but, you know, whatever it may be. Um, you know, like, how do I serve it? And I say, honestly, I drink it by the pint. And the reason is because usually I'll pull a pint off and I'm busy doing stuff, whatever the case may be, and you get to, that beer becomes more than just a beer, it's, it's a little bit more of experience. And I'm not trying to sound like a complete douchebag by saying that. The reason I say that is because when it's cold, like a lot of IPAs, it's going to be closed and it's going to present more roast forward. If you let that beer sit till it got to 45, 50 degrees, that roast flavor will turn into a red wine flavor and the cascade will blossom and it's going to change almost 110%. Not better or worse but it will change and so it's like drinking a great glass of red wine it really opens and so it's very very different And so it just depends on when you had it and what you're into well uh, that's enough for me uh, I'm take... <laughs> i did what what I, it's my beer i have to, no, I, no, I, no, to say this like all day long so you no, know it, it's it kind of worked out pretty you, well you, yeah actually
3: uh, what you said was definitely spot on for that beer because um, as it did warm up you definitely got different notes from Absolutely. that yeah. but um uh, when we get back, we'll talk some more about the beers you guys are making and what you guys have going on at the brewery. Yeah, and, man, uh, our dodgeball tournament or something. we got to do something in that backyard of yours. Wait, we got wait, too dude, much land back there. Kickball. Kickball. I kickball.
0: But let's talk about right direction.
3: All right, let's do that. Uh, Dream of Ages will be right back. Let's listen to Colonial Blue. Let's get another beer. All right, stay tuned.
4: Alright, I got it, I got it, I got it. Hey everyone, this is Colonia Blue, and we're about to play a song for you called Home.
1: And how am I supposed to tell if you're telling me? supposed to tell If you're telling me a lie, Walid me more than life and how am I supposed to give when you treat me like a queen when you
3: Spindle Tap Brewery, Houston's newest brewery and tap room. Actually, it's Houston's newest air conditioned brewery and tap room. Located 10622 Hirsch Road, just 15 minutes north of downtown. Look for Boomtown Blonde, Tool Pusher Pell L, Hopper House Double IPA, and Honey Hole ESB on tap around town. But you definitely need to stop in the tap room for a beer and a burger. Tap room is open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. SpindleTapBrewery.com. Get all your information you need. Whether a startup brewery or distillery, or you've been around for years, the badass folks at Cash Branding has to be your go-to source for branded merchandise and apparel. Cash Branding does it all, from imprinted glassware, coasters, koozies, tin tackers, and bottle openers to dickies and red cap work shirts, t-shirts and caps, Their apparel decorating options are top-notch, offering embroidery and the latest trends in screen printing, using water-based and discharge inks to achieve that
0: super soft feel. Artwork services and samples are always free. Why go out of town or use multiple suppliers for your branded merchandise? Keep it local like we do. Let the badasses at Cass
3: Branding, the official merchandise sponsor of Drink of Ages, kick your branded merchandise and apparel
1: up a notch. Give them a call at 855-376-7638 or check them out at CassBranding.com.
0: Hey, this is Bruce Leslie, President of the Texas Mead Association, and I want to invite you out to the Texas Mead Fest. This is our fifth annual one, but this year it's being held at the Lake Conroe KOA in Montgomery, Texas, 19785 Highway 105 on September 24th from 11 to 7. It's $20 in advance or $25 at the event to get eight tasting tickets and a souvenir wine glass, and you get to taste meads from seven different meaderies throughout the state of Texas. We also have beekeepers, honey, beekeeping supplies, food trucks, vendors, and a bunch of really good live music. So come on out, have some fun, taste some good craft Meads, and enjoy the day at the Texas Mead Fest. For more information, check out our website at texasmead.org. Drink of
1: Ages,
3: we are back on, and we're still hanging out here at Drink of Ages Pub. Drinking some pretty badass beers, uh, I'm still actually sipping on some Hopasal.
0: Yeah, I gotta tell you, man. You I mean, it some time, man. It's it's gonna shock you. By the time it gets to that 45, 50 degrees, it just changes character, which is I, awesome.
3: I might need to get a second one in front of me then, because this one's not lasting that well, long. Well, I mean, up. you bought
0: the keg, so it, it you know works out. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know you have some left. I just delivered it yesterday, so it works out.
3: That's true. That's true. All right, let's talk about some of the new stuff that you guys have going on awesome. over at the brewery, uh, which. Real
0: quick, let's, your brewery is up in Porter. Yep.
3: Yeah, it's off of Sorters Road. So for anybody
0: who's completely unfamiliar with that particular geography, it's basically Kingwood. I swear, it's that next exit. We're really we're right just we're just north of Kingwood Drive, just south of North Park. We're right there. Technically, we're Porter. Uh, you can you can blame gerrymandering if you would like, um, but we're we're right there. What's, what's awesome about it is that we're you know Montgomery County, unincorporated. We're on that 14 acres, that's what's red. But yes, absolutely, we're right there.
3: Yeah, I mean, really, from
0: uh, downtown Houston, I and mean, twenty-minute drive. Yep, and I, I can tell you reliably because we do it all day, every day, uh, delivering beer. It's about twenty, twenty-five minutes. Just depends on traffic, but it's really not a bad drive. We got a pretty space out there, lots of lots of land. Bring your dog, your kid out. We won't watch them. You got to watch them, but they're welcome to come.
3: Yeah, I mean, if you leave your kid out there for overnight, then they're going to work the next day. Yeah, they have very small fingers. It polishes those little spots. It does. Uh,
0: so let's talk about some things you guys have coming out. So you have a new beer that you yeah, recently man. got label approval super for. Super stoked about it too. It's uh, so this is going to be coming into our Saint line, which is super red. You know, at first we had kind of like even two saints, two sinners, and then we released Apostle, put it, put it to the Saints the sinners line a little bit ahead. So the beer Resurrection is really cool. It's a it's a style called a Rogan beer. And so Roggen beer is a old German style beer. And so everybody's familiar with the Hefeweizen, right? You know like a German Hefeweizen, Bavarian Hefeweizen, whatever you want to call it. And that's 60% wheat. Well, a Roggen beer is 60% rye. So take those banana, clovey flavors you get and mix that in with that spiciness of the rye that's what a Roggen beer is. And the cool the other cool thing about it is rye, it's a it's a pain to to play with because it doesn't have a husk like barley does. But it's got it's high in beta glucans. What that means is it's viscous, it's flavorful, it coats the fla- it coats the palate, not in an obnoxious sense like a very chewy porter, but in a hey holy crap I got a full mouth experience of what this beer is. Very very cool beer. We're super excited to put it up. I'm brewing it next week. Um, very short turnaround time on that. We were mostly concerned with label approval, believe it or not. Um, and so we're gonna be brewing it very soon. We're super stoked to put it out. It's gonna be coming out in probably about. You'll see it on taps in about two weeks.
3: So, what makes it such a short turnaround time
0: is it because you're trying to get the beer out there? I mean, but it doesn't take with rye. It's it's so like the brew day. So that's one of the fun things about brewing that people don't quite sometimes overlook is that you know they think that when we're on the brew platform, you know, we're up there doing our thing with our grain, and our hops. Like that's brew day. Like in, in a second, you're gonna have you have beer. That's not correct. Well, actually, what we make as brewers, if you want to be super technical, is we make a thing called wort. Sounds awful. It's spelled awful. W R T. The Germans did not give it a pretty name. Same thing. That's on the (laughs) bottom of your foot or finger. Um, But uh, but basically, we make word. Once the yeast start fermenting it, that's called beer. Okay. And so the yeast, how long it takes it to ferment it, that's really what you're like. How long is it gonna take to get ready? Um, when you're using things like Hefeweizen yeast, uh, they ferment really aggressively and they ferment very fast. So we can turn that beer around really quickly and we're super stoked about it. And so um, we have all the things, we have all the ingredients except our yeast shows up tomorrow. We had a little bit of a, let's say, mix up with our yeast producer and that's why it's not ready right now. Um, but we're going to get it ready real quick as soon as possible and it's going to be super red. What is the ABV on this beer? 5.6%. It's right. going to clock in 20-some-odd IBU. I can't remember right now because I've had about eight beers. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, that's where it comes in at. Really, really cool. Like I said, the biggest thing is the, the IBUs aren't as big of a factor because you're not looking at hot bitterness. You're looking at the, that hot, that, the malt flavor. That's where that spiciness from that rye comes in. You're looking at how it coats the palate which is really cool, again, because of that rye. And then where that yeast brings in that cloves, which are, are, are kind of a, it's really a phenolic kind of flavor. Um, and then that esters, is that banana. Um, we've been told it's, it tastes like a drunken banana, which is super cool. Um, but it's, it's just, I'm, it's something that's really unique. The, the cool thing about the beer style is it really got forgotten because back in the day when these brewers and things used to make this style, um, they made the Bavarian Hefeweizen for, say, the rich. You know, wheat was very hard to come by in old school Germany. And so the, the rich got the Bavarian Hefeweizen. Well, the the serfs were like, well, hell, we're making this anyway. Let's make it for ourselves. But they had a bunch of rye around, so they made the Rogan beer. Um, no Rogan beers are imported from Germany to the U.S. Very few were produced overall. So honestly, I've never had a German version, but I love ours. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds
3: it's really good. Be badass. Yeah, rye um, rye definitely gives a huge spiciness it, to, oh, to beer, mm-hmm.
0: just like just like whiskey. If you're if you like rye whiskey over say like traditional American bourbon, it's the same idea. It's a lot spicier. Um, and, you know, we like some other cool stuff coming out of the pipe. Um, you know, we're looking at getting our, our active Ballora Imperial Milk Stout out into some various uh, venues, so we're going to have that label approved pretty soon. Um, we got a really cool project we just started with underdogs. They just gave us a barrel. We're going to be putting our Bach into that uh, with their pecan pie shot. And so over about eight months, we're going to age that dude and then keg it up, and we're going to be ready for next Memorial Day. So it's going to take a while to get ready for you guys. super cool. A lot of those profits are going to go to some veterans, which is a super great cause. We haven't quite decided how. It's going to be up to Dustin. So if you want your particular organization to get the money, you better go hound him. it's going to be a super cool project. And then I'm hoping he gives us a second round that barrel with the, our Imperial Milk Stout. We can do some really cool things with that. So we got some cool stuff coming up the pipe, man. It's good you're working over at Underdogs, man. I like that place. It's one of, the, one of my favorite places in Houston. I mean, past Drink of Ages Pub, I would agree. I uh, no, yeah, uh, appreciate that, but. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Both places are great. Very, very different kind of places. Um, you know here at Drink of Ages Pub, a lot of different beers. Dustin rotates a lot of stuff and has a lot of Greek spirits. Two very different places, two really badass places, very close proximity, to, and two great guys running it. And you can um, bring your dog to both. Yeah. Badass. Hey, yeah. we have another beer coming out. Do we want to kind of mention that yet? Or? Well, since my salesman just brought it up, I suppose, and as the brewer, I don't know what that beer is, but let's hear you, about it. Wh- what is it? Which, which one? Brutus and Caesar. Uh, so Brutus and Caesar, if, if anybody's curious and they go on untapped a lot, we just released a double IPA. It's called Brutus and Caesar. We just released it this last week, and we were open. Um... Well, we're going to start opening every weekend but basically that was the first attempt at a double ipa um what we wanted to do with that was um you know we don't do big west coast style double ipas which is a very common style here in the in, in the houston area and it's not that i didn't want to do one but i thought there was a lot of them i said hey let's let's do something else well bruce and cedar we went ahead and did one unfortunately on brew day i got there and i said hey Let's hop this beer. Looked at the hops they sent me. They sent me the wrong damn ones. So I, I, I took a slight gambit, went some other directions, It still I thought would be a fantastic beer, and it did turn out to be a great beer. Then I went to ferment it, and the yeast I wanted to use apparently died. So I said, well, that's not super great, so I used the yeast that I had alive and that I love. I Vermont ale strain. It's a Conan strain. Use that. By the time it got done fermenting, super happy with it. Very Much higher in gravity. It was supposed to be 9.5. Ended up 10.8. Actually, ended up more like a barley wine. I'm really happy with it. We're still tweaking it, but that will be coming out very soon. We hope to release that in very small batch runs. Um, I think a lot of people are looking for it, and we're very stoked about it. But this next batch, uh, if you go on tap or anything, it's called version 1 is what we had out. Version 2 will be coming very soon, super stoked about it. But that will be a very cool beer. And I, I like the ABV on that one. <laughs> I got to tell you. <laughs> he, he, if anybody has never seen John, he has a very jolly uh, nature about him, and that that very that very much brought it out. So uh, he really he is excited about that AVV, just I so am, you know, am, out I, there in Radio Land.
3: I, I perked up. I perked up a little bit.
0: <laughs> not that way, ladies. Not that way. Just in, in general, like I said, cheeks, just cheeks. That's yep. all.
3: All right, well, Back Pew Brewing Company, uh, Porter, Texas, real short drive north of Houston. Go out there, check them out. You guys have your beer on tap
0: around Houston. We we, we do. We uh, And just the thing, if you come to the brewery, we always keep I always keep stuff off our pilot system, so new, interesting things all the time. Please come see us. We're about to open up every weekend. I know right now it's been every other, but after the July 9th thing with the Feast of Artisans, which is a traveling uh, um, uh Farmer's, farmers, market. Market, farmers market. market, which is going to be yeah. super rad. Obviously, I've had, I have had—I said I had eight beers. I wasn't lying. Um, you know, it's after a traveling Farmer's Market, we're going to be open every week, which is going to be super rad. So come on out and see us. Always have great stuff. Love to, love to have you out.
3: All right, Bobby, back Pew Brewing Company. Man, I only it's, have, it's like, seven beers. It's a tongue twister. <laughs> yeah, wait till the eighth. It's
0: tough.
3: <laughs> All right, thank you guys for coming and hanging out here at Drink Vegas Pub on the radio guys, show. thank you for having us, John. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you. Right, listen to a little more Colonial Blue, and when we get back be in the studio hanging out talking to the microphone three pages Down in City Brewing is a microbrewery in the heart of one of Houston's oldest and most iconic neighborhoods, bringing houston worldly beers at a neighborhood level. The taproom and beer garden focuses on bar-like service with no need to purchase tokens or tours. Patrons can buy half pints, full pints, pitchers, and flights of beer. Bring your family, including your furry ones, because kids and pets are welcome. The kids can enjoy the housemade sodas. The kitchen is serving pub fare with brunch from 11 to 2 p.m. on Sundays, live music two days a week, and a farmer's market on the second Sunday of every month. TownandCityBrewing.com. One of my favorite places to go just got better. Rudyard's Pub on Wa. You need to go check out their new tap towers. 20 local lineups, 8 national crafties, 8 imports and ciders. Five fancy pans, specialty brews, one mead, and one cold brew coffee tap, plus a newly designed cocktail menu. Still have all your favorites on the menu for lunch and dinner, and don't forget about Chef Joe Appa's world-famous monthly beer dinner happening the last Thursday every month. 2010 Wall Drive, Rudyardspub.com.
2: Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. Eve.com wants you so bad. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code DRINK at checkout, and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code DRINK. That's D-R-I-N-K at adamandeve.com.
3: What's up, everybody? This is John from Drink of Ages Radio Show, and a local brewery for you to go out and try is from Cyclers Brewing Company. It is the 5511 Double Red L. What makes it a double? 7.9% ABV does. What makes it red? Well, actually, the roasted malt that they used is what gives it the red color. 5511 is a medium body beer that balances well with the piney bitterness from the hops. Available in 12-ounce cans and also on draft at your favorite places. Don't forget to tune in to Drink of Ages every Friday night at 9 p.m. right here on ESPN 97.5. Drink of Ages, we are back, and we are here at Drink of Ages Pub, and now hanging out at our table. I can't even, uh, at the Drink of Ages Pub studio and bar, whatever we call this place. The Entity. The Entity. It is Colonial Blue. Hello. Hi. What's going on, yeah?
5: Yeah. It's good, um, man. We're just hanging out, man. Drinking lots of beer.
3: It, it, uh, yeah, we got a little slower start than <laughs> what we expected. So there was probably a few more beers drank than normal. That's Worth just it. all you guys, Wait, unfortunately
4: which, for me. I know,
3: I, I noticed you not- No,
4: I love beer. Yeah? I absolutely love beer. But unfortunately, I, can't, I don't really drink before I so She's the consummate sing. professional. It's that lame thing, but it, it's it's a true, it's scientific. It does dry the vocal cords. Well,
3: let's just get this singing <laughs> out of the way. And then, Thank you. I uh, <laughs> really
4: appreciate that. Everyone's having fun That's, except me.
3: Yeah, we will, we'll, we will hurry up and wrap this up. Because uh, <laughs> there are some excellent beers that we have on Tap to Drink. And not only that, I was going to say that uh, uh, there's a cider in the cooler that we'll open up. I don't even know what it's from, but there's one that I definitely want to try that I just got in. It's not Moonlight cool. Meadery, is it? Oh, the Moonlight Meadery?
5: The, how do you like them little apples? Yeah that was, man. that one's so good. Very good. Oh man, so good.
3: We we had a keg of that here and it went in a matter of like four days,
5: the whole keg. It's 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 so easy to drink. Like I don't I don't know I don't know what it is about it, but it's so smooth and it's 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 sweet, but it's not like too sweet. Mm. So it's it's yeah, it's perfect. It is delicious. Uh let's talk music for a minute. All right. And
3: we'll get back to beer. But um you guys were on the show, oh man, when was that? Like a year and a half ago? Two man, years ago? Was, was was two a, years ago. You were on ago. vacation
5: and your partner at the time was. Yes, was Preston was. Preston. Uh, yep. yeah.
3: And uh, yeah, I was on vacation, so I missed it when you guys came on.
4: Yeah, we had just um, released a demo, really, is what I would I would call it. You know, we had just kind of formed the, the entity of Colonial Blue you know recorded four songs and put them on a cd and said hey guys do you want to listen something. and so and uh yeah it was definitely something and it gave us a, a good little start and that progressed into us recording our first album which we just released uh june 17th
3: yeah. congratulations man that, thank that's, you that's so awesome. it is was very quite so significant upbeat. very significant uh one of the things that, that I, I find it interesting is when did you know you were done recording
5: the album because I mean, when Stephanie told me that she didn't need my drums anymore, that's how <laughs> new was done. That's <laughs> but, I mean,
3: when, when you're working on a, working on a song.
4: That was hard for me, actually. Um, so I saw the songs from beginning to end, like, putting, you know, there while Corey's putting on the drums, there while the guitarist is laying, laying you know, the, the lead parts, and then I did all the acoustic guitars and then all the vocals. So for me, not knowing when to stop was when all of the main parts are down, and now what kind of ear candies do we want to add? So we've got like the bass, we've got the guitar, we've got the main vocal, okay, what do we want to add harmonies, what type of harmonies, how many harmonies, do I want to layer things up? And you can get carried away or you can just know the sweet spot and I just kind of went with my gut and said, okay, that's a sweet spot, no, it's not needed, let's just, you know, move on. So we did everything in about a year, which is actually, it sounds like a long time, but it's not that long when you consider, like we were gigging almost every weekend and we all worked full-time jobs at the same time. So, we were just going into the studio after work, putting in a couple hours there, you know, doing the next day a couple hours there. And you can only do so much in 2 hours when you just worked a 8-9 hour shift, you know. So Ste-
5: Stephanie was the hustler of the band. She she's the one that put in the most work on, on when it came to that. She made sure everybody was in line and all the parts were right and all that while all of us were out partying and drinking beer you know, uh, you know just kind of <laughs> like tonight you know she waited till y'all she were done she waited and that's who she is and that's that's yes. that's why the album sounds like it does because hey, she was I the, appreciate
4: you saying that she man she was the Cheers. professional
5: you know salute
3: <laughs> well and I know that uh, you guys have been playing some pretty excellent music now for Thank the last you. year and year or so and the new CD I have not listened to the whole CD yet it's all right. you should and I'm excited that you brought me a copy yeah and I'm going to be listening brought a couple. to it I think you guys, man. I mean, you guys are making some badass music to begin with. And Thank you. Getting the first CD out has to be just, and not, not only that, you guys were on the news.
4: Yeah, we were. We were guys, on a great guys, day, you Houston. You guys made
3: TV. Yes, we were on TV. I don't Can think we've, I don't think like, we've
4: processed it yet because like, we've just TV. been gone, 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 and we're just like, did that, was that a dream? Did that just happen? We got done,
5: and I went to my parents' house and rewatched it. <laughs> from a different angle, from a different point of view. Did it seem like that you actually did that? No, no. no, no. It was like, who's this guy? No. Who are these people? Like, who's this band this week?
3: And we
4: packed up and then went and unloaded at a at Nightingale Room downtown and played a show. So it I was know, a I, busy, I, busy day.
3: I almost drove back from Florida just to come to that show because oh I knew man, it was going to be it was so bad. It was a good, was a good show. No, I'm not even going to brag. But they, they wanted ha- They
4: said they want to have us back, so come out the next time.
3: Excellent. Excellent. I'll definitely be there. Uh, congratulations, man. And I think you guys you. definitely deserve it. You. You're playing some great music. Uh, Thank you. Websites?
4: Yeah, so our website is www.colonialblueband.com. And from there, you can follow us on our social media. So we primarily use Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and that's where you can find what we're currently doing, what shows we're playing, what next thing we're getting involved in, and just what we're doing as people. So...
3: So right now you guys are just gonna relax a little bit. You got your first. No, one.
5: <laughs> there is no relaxing. There is no, no relaxing. If you want to make it, you have to constantly yeah. be moving, or else, or else you just become stagnant and people forget about you. So it's it's kind of like it's kind of like this bar, you know. If if you just opened it and didn't do anything with it, you know, traffic would probably slow down. You know, you gotta constantly promote it on the TV, on the radio, on on outside, on the signs outside, and all that. So it's it's just constant foot traffic and tireless work. So, where's the next shows you guys have planned?
4: We're playing July 3rd at Carbark Brewing.
3: That's a fantastic place. Yeah, this
4: is gonna be, I think, our fifth, fifth or sixth. Yeah. We were the first band that played at Carbark, which was really cool for us. They actually built the stage as we were unloading our instruments. It was so cool. So hot that
5: day. They didn't have the the nice stage and the cover that they had. Well, luckily it'll be nice
3: and cool this time. You guys (laughs)
5: will. Man, I hope so. I hope so.
4: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see about that.
3: Yeah, July in Houston. But even yeah. if
5: it's not, I like to sweat,
3: so we're good. Of course. Yeah. And you can drink some great Carbog beer while you're doing it.
4: Definitely. I, they, they, they do have my favorite beer, I won't lie. Which one's is Vice versa.
3: Vice, oh, man. Of all their beers, that's my least favorite. That mm. sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, but <clears throat> it's just...
4: How can you not like it? It's it's half Hefeweizen, How half good? Belgian wine. Two of my favorite beers. They put them all into one. And it's and the it most tastes, beautiful, precious thing ever created.
3: Tastes like bananas.
4: <laughs> exactly. That's And why I'm a it's so fan good. of bananas,
3: but not drinking them. Hopadillo Rodeo Clown. Mm-hmm. I there's something about a Rodeo long.
5: Clown at 10
3: o'clock in the morning Stay-cation? that you just
5: can't
1: 10 o'clock be. in the morning. What?
3: <laughs> yes. Rodeo, oh. No, there's a 19.2 ounce Rodeo Clowns.
5: That's a good That'll size That'll get you everything. right. That'll get yep. you right. They'll sneak
3: up on you. you got to be careful with it. Yeah, I let them sneak up on me. <laughs> <laughs>
4: you, you let it happen.
3: I let it happen. Hey, Colonial Blue, thank you guys for coming hanging out here at Drinking Vegas Pub. Absolutely. Congratulations we're glad to be here. on the new CD. Thank you so much. It's fantastic. And uh, man, we're about to hear some more of your music. Can't wait.
1: Cool.
3: Cool. Dear right. Misery, get it everywhere. Get it everywhere. <laughs> Hey, right, Drink of Ages, uh man, wanna well, thank everybody for listening to this week's show. Talk to everybody next week. Go Astros.
5: Keep kicking ass, man. They're getting up there. They're only a few games back, you know. Yeah, they are. I mean, I, I wish Dallas Keuchel would have the same season he did last year, but uh, he's, he's, he's still he's still working on it, so he, it's good. He's working it's on good. it. He's
3: working on it I'm not I'm not gonna sit there and remind him of like remember uh, Brad Lidge oh, Brad he had Lidge. that fantastic season. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to say that. Let's end the show now. All right, let me get another beer. Thank you everybody for listening. Uh, Everybody be safe out there. And talk to everybody next week. Music segment sponsored by Spindle Tap Brewery. Look for their beer on tap around town or just go get some at the tap room. Spindletapbrewery.com.
2: Thanks, everyone, for listening. Be safe, Houston, and support the craft beer industry and your local homebrew supply store.